0: Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one out. touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr., going
3: Hello and welcome along to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Sean Siegel, one of the co-owners at Rotoviz. and as always today's show brought to you by betonline.ag. Um, Sean, it's uh, a strange time. Obviously we talked about NFL free agency last week and uh, the free agency then kind of frenzy continued throughout the end of the week. We'll be talking about that on today's show but first to uh, start off the show, hope all the listeners out there are safe and well. I know we're all in various uh types of kind of lockdown situations or kind of social distancing situations it's a it's an unusual time um i'm over here in ireland we've just announced uh, a short time ago that there's more uh process has been put in place uh we've we've done we've been quite proactive but hopefully it, it'll all be uh, successful for us in the long run sean it's an unusual time uh, have you been uh, has it affected your your day-to-day much
1: Uh, Things are going fairly well here. It's always interesting when you take a drive and see all the cars still out on the road, which... Uh, is both encouraging and and discouraging nice to to see that we're not in an apocalyptic <laughs> situation yet at the same time you certainly hope people are taking the necessary precautions it's been great to check in with various members of the Rotoviz staff find out uh, everyone is okay so far and, and certainly that's not going to be the case for everyone out there and so uh, we we're, we're thinking of you rooting for you and and hopefully all of our listeners and Rodoviz community are doing well during this time. And and luckily, we do have some things. uh, I I think it's one of the difficulties during this time is to lose sports, right? Because that's one of the things that even when things are going well, is a very nice distraction for so many of us from other things that may be going on in life. And, And so I think we're grateful for things that we do have. I've been uh, binge watching some old American Ninja Warrior uh, shows, which <laughs> uh, I think is a lot of fun. Those those people out there are doing some amazing stuff and have great enthusiasm. And and one of those things where people all tend to be rooting in the same direction, which uh, I think is fun. Sometimes we get you know so much partisanship with our NFL rooting or our sports rooting sometimes that, that we can lose that. Uh, community feel even for from the sports and so you know some some fun things like that but but mainly like you mentioned it's it's great to have the distraction and the excitement of nfl free agency and since you and i talked last there have been a number of big moves that have occurred
3: yeah there certainly has been we'll be getting into those uh, in and just a little moment talking obviously about Sean's uh, piece up on the site some winners and losers and maybe some potential sleepers that we didn't see coming uh, before things happened in free agency we're actually recording this on Tuesday the 24th there is reports that Cam Newton's due to get uh, possibly uh, released by the Panthers today so there's lots of things in flux and uh, things are changing uh, from day to day so it's an interesting time and then changes all our projections for the season so thankfully as Sean mentioned there are lots of stuff to talk about particularly with free agency Sean mentioned his binge watching Uh, there are some things that uh, are probably better off not said in terms of my binge watching over the last week the one thing that I have binge watched is (laughs) Tiger King uh, on Netflix so there's some unusual shows out there but uh, I think in in the next week or two we might run out of uh, different things to binge watch so thankfully we are in a a kind of time where we have lots of entertainment options that are pre-recorded as we as we miss out on sports here but Sean as we do get into it we look a little bit about uh, some of the winners I guess we'll start off we'll start the show on a positive note some of the winners especially since we finished last week's show probably the big winner of them all uh, was Todd Gurley obviously got cut by the uh, Rams the Rams obviously paying a substantial part of that salary for the season decided to get him out of town and um, you know cut, cut ties and he ended up pretty pretty swiftly down with the Atlanta Falcons uh, you know you're playing indoors and everything with the Falcons the one concern with Gurley is obviously the knee but he's going to a situation which you know from a running back's perspective after Gurley got re- or after Freeman got released probably not a better landing spot and uh, the NFL for a running back to go into that kind of high powered offense uh, for the Falcons so he is uh, the one that I thought was a big winner Um, you know what's your thoughts on, on Gurley moving forward obviously when he was in LA we were concerned about the injury obviously we're still concerned about the injury but You know, it has to be counted as a a very positive landing spot.
1: I think so. And one of the things with how different and unusual this free agency period has been, the inability of of players to meet with teams and and meet with medical staffs in many, if not most, circumstances, you wonder how many of these deals might fall apart when players are eventually not able to pass physicals. And so we might have a, a second wave of of movement you know if and when that time period occurs but one of the things that i think is very interesting here for Gurley, you mentioned that he's going to be going into a high-powered offense i think uh, any running back would love to be part of this team with how the falcons can get up and down the field the receiving value to the running back position here i think is interesting Last year, the Rams plummeted to 31st in expected points, so expected fantasy points, uh, through the air to the running back position. Uh, By contrast, the Falcons were... Uh, middle of pack solid team they average over 10 points a game again through the air to the running backs the Rams down to just 5.6 so it's a big opportunity there but you do wonder how much of that collapse from the Rams is directly due to Gurley and no longer having uh, some of the abilities that he had previously because of these injuries and so he goes into what's apparently a better situation and certainly most of that receiving value was then made available because of the departure of Devontae Freeman, but it really comes down to whether Todd Gurley is the back who can take advantage of this. I think so much of his value in Atlanta, and whether or not he jumps back uh, into the middle or you know middle bottom of that running back one tier, or really just has a similar kind of season to last year is. You know, can he catch the ball out of the backfield how will that offense play out do you have a good feeling for him there as a receiver uh you know again assuming that this does come to fruition he is the starter for the falcons uh many people have suggested they will add a back in the draft they probably need to but unless uh, you, you wouldn't expect them to use now an extremely high pick with this signing uh, is Gurley going to be a running back one
3: Uh, I think in in terms of a year soon is he going to have the chance to finish as a top 12 running back I think like I would have him certainly in that category Um, you know in terms of we look at the running backs in similar situations who had down years last year who have been prolific in the past and you have the, the news obviously last week with David Johnson ending up with the Texans and then you have Todd Gurley ending up with the Falcons if you had to pick me which one of those two guys is likely to have uh you know a top five running back season this year out of the two of them based on what i've seen in 2019 it would have to be Gurley. um i, I just fear for both the guys health but i'm a little bit more confident in Gurley because his is more of a you know degenerative issue where it's obviously going to fall apart at some point and um, whereas david johnson's has been something that's carried on for two or three seasons now um, and that's what worries me with him so if i had to pick between those two guys i would be picking gurley and i would say they'll end up going off the board around very similar you kind know, of positions and, and drafts now as, as as high as i would take them I, I i really wouldn't be taking them with any confidence but i do think that gurley's landing spot there is very exciting because I know he's been he's been banged up and he hasn't shown a lot over the last kind of twelve months or so. But what we have seen also is that in this offense, somebody like Devontae Freeman is able to have very very productive weeks and very very productive outings. Uh, and I think at this stage, I think that Gurley is a, a much better player than Devontae Freeman. So uh, I, I'm I'm very interested to see how this goes. But as you've hinted at, and as I'm sure every other uh, person talking about Gurley for the next kind of six months is going to hint at it really comes down to the the health of those knees but I've seen enough at times last year that you know if he could get a healthy offseason there there is a possibility we have seen players come back from those sorts of things and bounce back before but um, it it is something that puts a, a huge pause on me whether to pull the trigger when when I'm in a draft with with that injury but based on where we were this time last week Sean I would be drafting him with more confidence now than I was this time last week based on a team, and as you mentioned, it could fall apart when they get to medicals. But a team was willing to make that investment in him pretty quickly. In the process, I thought it might drag on a little bit based on his on his health concerns. Uh, the other the other players, then that uh, I guess that from the fallout of that, the other kind of big winner is uh, Darrell Henderson. Obviously, we talked a lot about him when he came out, um, you know, out in the draft and the the hopes that he would eventually get a chance to overtake uh, Todd Gurley. Uh, it looks now like he may get that chance. Do you think they will go? Uh, full tilt with Henderson or have you some concerns like you hinted at there that you know with the situation in Atlanta they might take a, a running back maybe in those mid to late rounds do you think there's still a possibility the Rams invest in one of those uh, higher end running backs in the draft
1: I think the Rams are going to do something but I do think at the same time that Henderson has to be the guy or has to be at least given a chance here to show what he can do uh, it was kind of interesting because you mentioned Gurley's value has jumped David Johnson's value would jump both of those guys I can attest to that in terms of my own leagues received trade offers traded them last week Henderson and Philip Lindsay are a couple of interesting guys very directly impacted by what happened last week in free agency I picked them both up in an auction dispersal um, a week to 10 days ago and it's interesting that you look at their FFPC best ball draft picks on the site Mike Beerus has a fantastic tool to break down those uh, ADP values in in a variety of different ways have a, a great visual here showing henderson showing Lindsay and Lindsay with approximately 80 slot edge up until about two weeks ago and then these started to go in opposite directions and within the last week obviously this reading stuff they've actually flipped to where henderson is now above Lindsay, and i think that that's certainly justified He had a ton of buzz last year, people talking about him as being the Rams' answer to Alvin Kamara. That didn't work out. In fact, he basically didn't play except for a three-week stretch there, week six through eight last season. But he did flash at times with that. And one of the things I thought was interesting going back and looking, we talked about Dave Caban's article last week, looking at breakaway rushes and how that might be. A little bit more indicative than uh, many owners might think. Henderson actually ranks number three overall in terms of all college runners since 2014 uh, in this particular stat. Again, showing that he doesn't just have tested athleticism, but has that on field explosiveness. I think this is what the Rams need. I think this offense works well for his skill set. Uh, certainly, when you have Todd Curley, it's, it's a very difficult situation to try and play him more last season. But this move here, I think, definitely opens the door for him, and I do expect him to to run right through it.
3: Just before we get into the second half of the show, I want to let you know about our friends over at betonline.ag. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner has hundreds of sports events and games to wager on or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. All open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather. Visit their website and join today and receive a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You heard that right. It is a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE while signing up. Once again, that code is BLUEWIRE for a 100% sign-up bonus. Bet online, your online wagering experts. So Sean, unfortunately, when we get to this part of the show, we're looking at some of the losers from it. And you kind of mentioned there a moment ago, Philip Lindsay. We didn't touch on Melvin Garden, but he is also in that category. So one of these guys is likely to be a winner out of the situation. It's probably not likely to be Lindsay. Uh based on the money that has been given to Garden, you would expect that he's going to get a good crack at the starting job here. But um, you know, Philip lindsay's stocks obviously gonna take a dip there. Garden stock's gonna take a little bit of a bump up, but it is when I heard the news one of the worst landing spots I thought because uh, you know we, we've been big fans from Lindsay it's all the way since you had him in the one of the zero RB guys uh, a couple of seasons ago when he had that monster rookie season Um so when it all went down I was hoping there was lots of other places in my mind for Melvin Gordon to land unfortunately he lands with the Broncos what was your initial thoughts did you feel the same way and obviously quite a substantial uh contract for somebody who didn't really do a lot last season but kind of like i mentioned with gurley we have seen him do it while healthy um and another thing garden's probably kicking himself he's lost out in a couple of million dollars from that set out last year and then the Chargers originally offered him more money uh than he got here so i guess we can also say that one of the winners is probably austin eckler but when you look at the broncos running back situation um has it has it kind of deflated you in terms of the outlook of, of both these guys?
1: It definitely has. I don't see either one of them having the potential impact that they would have had previously. And I love both of these guys. Now, Melvin Gordon, I think, is the one we actually have a little bit more concern about because after his holdout last season, he never eclipsed a 54% snap share. Now, when you're competing with Austin Eckler, that's not a huge surprise, but it also won't be a huge surprise competing with Philip Lindsay, right? You go down and look at Lindsay's numbers and As an undrafted player through his first two seasons, he ranked number nine in terms of rushing yards during that time span, averaged 4.9 yards per carry. The two guys that he looks very much like as a runner are Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. Those guys a little bit more in the way of yardage, but 4.9, 4.8 yards per carry for both of them. Now, the big thing here, obviously, is that the superstardom that accompanies those two players it comes from the fact that in addition to being fantastic runners and very efficient runners they are among the best receiving backs that you're ever going to see philip Lindsay doesn't bring that or doesn't bring that yet you see all over the internet obviously the questions about his pass blocking that concerns with a few drop passes I do think the Broncos would have been better off letting him develop a little bit in those areas because his physical skill set would seem to fit very well uh, with the type of things you want from those running backs catching passes out of the backfield. So uh, from Gordon's perspective, he's unlikely to get Ecklered in quite the same way since Austin Eckler, obviously a fantastic receiving back, really took a chunk out of Gordon's uh, receiving numbers. If you're a Melvin Gordon owner, you have to be, I think the the silver lining here or the ray of light is that he is a plus receiving back. He's going to be used in that role with the Broncos. But when you look at his last two seasons, right, he was fantastic when healthy in 2018, averaged 6.8 fantasy points over expectation per game. That number declined last year to actually being below average, right? He was at uh, minus 0.2. And so his numbers are probably going to jump back up. But one of the things that we know from a lot of the great research that Blair Andrews has done in the wrong read is that we do want to take running back efficiency seriously when we're looking season to season. You know, you might fade that game to game. But when you're looking at an entire season and then you're looking at the following season, you want to take that as one uh, important data point also h27 is a bad one for running backs the failure rate starts to jump and running backs really start to hemorrhage points and so when you look at what the realistic expectations for melvin gordon might have been even going into a good location then i think you've got to be pretty demoralized by the fact that this really projects i think as still a pure timeshare where philip Lindsay is going to be the better runner now how the Broncos deploy them after giving that contract out. You know, there have been lots of things coming out in the media saying that he's going to be the bell cow, but in order to make this offense work. And I think in order to signal to the rest of the team that performance matters, I mean, you're going to still have to use Philip Lindsay, number one, because he's good. And number two, because you need that message to the team. You also need Melvin Gordon, you know, getting a break. So with this timeshare, I think that, Lindsey's the guy that I would be attacking here and trying to get. You know, we had him as a zero running back candidate uh, back when he was a rookie, that obviously paid off extremely well. I think we're going to have that opportunity again. He's going to continue to fall because, frankly, uh, once you remove a lot of the touches, the fact that he doesn't catch the ball or hasn't in the past is going to be something that makes it difficult for him with Melvin Gordon getting all of those high leverage touches, right? But as he falls, as he falls, I think he's a guy that you're going to want to pick up because he is a very, very good player
3: yeah i think as well when you look at zero rb candidates you're looking at somebody who can overtake the guy who's the perceived starter and i think whatever about rotoviz listeners i think they'll be smart enough to kind of go on the advice that that you're given there i do think from the general consensus will be that melvin garden's the way to go here and like you said that'll continue to have the, the stock fall um, for for uh, Lindsay moving forward, Sean, you have added in a sleeper candidate, and uh you know he hasn't really he hasn't moved, but there has been nobody moved into the spot beside him, and that's naheem Hines. I've been on the names Hines bandwagon since he was a rookie two seasons ago, where we then thought that last year was going to be this major breakout as a PPR machine. Uh, it didn't really happen last year for him. Not a terrible season, but you could not rely on him really overall. Um, you've put him in here. uh Filled me with the good news as to why I am should still be
1: a believer moving forward. Jacoby Reset did some great things for the Colts, but uh, certainly they weren't happy enough with his ceiling to stick with him. And for some specific players, he was especially bad. In his two main seasons where he was more or less the starter, he simply did not target the running back position. In those two seasons, running backs Had 130 and 120 expected points again through the air uh, the 2018 season. They had 191. That was Heinz rookie season, the one where he really generated a lot of that enthusiasm. We talked on the show about that being a little bit of a red flag last year, something to be aware of. Unfortunately, it wasn't just a red flag. It was a real hammer and knocked Heinz value. Really, like you said, it was it was out of the playable range. <laughs> Fantasy, You know, maybe if you had him in best ball, a couple of those decent games paid off for you. But for redraft owners, you know, it just it simply did not work out. Obviously now with Philip Rivers coming in, you have the very opposite end of the spectrum where Rivers, I don't know if you should call him a check down machine. I mean, he's someone who also did the Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick thing where he was willing to really chuck it up there and, and have those passes intercepted last year as well. But he did get the ball to Eckler. He did get the ball to Gordon. They had this massive season where they had 278 expected fantasy points through the air that was almost 50 more than the Carolina Panthers with Christian McCaffrey right so when you think about what McCaffrey did and you think about a team that just blew that out of the water and now that quarterback is coming to the Colts you just have to be so excited about Hines again and even though he has not been used as a receiver at the NFL level I think this is also a boost to Marlon Mack we look at the ADP from these guys again we've got great ADP tools on the site looking at some of the fan ball moves here and Hines has jumped uh, 50 slots, really, from around 200 to 150 just on this news. Uh, Mac more or less sitting where he is. Now, uh, it depends on exactly how you want to use the term sleeper value, what have you. Anywhere outside of the first 10 rounds, I think Hines is a great selection. But Mac goes from really a do not draft, stay away kind of guy at his ADP to now someone I think he could be the Aaron Jones sort of breakout player for next season. Uh, you know, similar in terms of that explosiveness, that ability to run the daylight, and with a more high-powered team. Now, it, it'll be interesting to see exactly how this play out because obviously Philip Rivers was available because he was not particularly good in some ways that matter available for maybe the same reasons that Jameis Winston is still available but I do think that one of the things you're going to see in the same way that we tend to see it with Ryan Fitzpatrick teams every year is that the Colts are going to move the ball they're going to be more fun and I think both backs really benefit from that
3: yeah I think so and uh, there's tight ends as well that fall into this category maybe a couple of guys that have probably slid under the radar I've mentioned time and time again about the (laughs) getting those rookies you know are getting those tight ends after the rookie season are moving forward uh we t- you mentioned him a couple of weeks ago on the show uh Jay steinberger of the packers uh, you also have erb smith um and you also have josh oliver so three tight ends who are kind of in a similar bucket where there hasn't been a huge amount of nfl production um you know and they were you know relatively um uh, you know hyped at, at one point coming into the league uh, obviously jimmy graham released from the packers they haven't signed any veteran yet to, to come in there and that place there's talk possibly somebody like Delaney Walker but uh, Steinberger getting an opportunity missed a large amount of last season with injury came in uh, towards the end and into the playoffs uh, it'll be interesting to see you know because if he the Packers have missed that kind of tight end uh, to be consistent to be athletic since Jermichael Finley and I think uh, you know I'm not saying Steinberger's going to be the, the next coming to Jermichael Finley in terms of athleticism but there is an opportunity there now for him in that offense. Eric Smith is somebody who i i've been very impressed with him and his, and his opportunities um and then you have obviously josh oliver if you're really diving down deeper but there's a there's kind of a crop of tight ends who are in their second third fourth years now that are becoming a little bit interesting because that position had be, become kind of very top heavy over the last couple of years so out of those three guys sean have you a, a favorite out of those three guys in terms of who you're targeting at this early stage of the, the drafting process
1: I really like all three of them in terms of where they're going. They're still very inexpensive. I think Smith is the big winner from the digs trade much more so than Adam Thielen, who now is going to rise into sort of a danger range with his ADP. And then the other two guys, their teams haven't done anything to replace them. Now they will bring in competition in the draft. There's always the possibility that they'll take one of the very top guys in the draft, which would make things difficult. But when you're an unproven player yourself, and especially talking about that tight end position where that learning curve through the rookie season is very difficult, uh, certainly competing with a rookie is better than competing with one of these top free agents, you know, like an Eric Ebron for example. And so where they're going, I like all of those guys. Certainly the Packers have been connected to basically all of the big-name tight ends. They don't really seem happy with Sternberger as the guy, and yet they haven't been able to replace him. And so at the places these guys are going, I mean, Josh Oliver barely being drafted, even in uh, some FFPC best ball leagues where the tight end premium could could really boost him if he breaks out there i may be a little bit higher on the jaguars offense than most people are certainly with all of my super flex shares and Minshew, i hope he ends up being the guy certainly also the possibility that they will draft one of those big four at the quarterback position so i think some exciting things in the future in jacksonville oliver someone who if you read Uh, go back through and read all the great work that John Lipinski did on the tight end position from last year's draft Oliver was really the big sleeper the guy we expected to outperform draft position and then injuries made that uh, a definite no-go as a rookie so we we don't know what to make especially of those you know those cheaper two guys there but because of that cost I certainly encourage people to pick them up everywhere they can
3: yeah, and it's going to be always exciting to see some of those younger players start to to climb those rankings. And I think getting those guys at those lit values is definitely something you know it's it's low low risk, high reward. if they if they do click into gear for you, um, and that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. It was fun looking back through some of the, the kind of litter week free agency topics uh, that happened since we recorded last. We will be back later in the week with our second show of the week. I uh, hope you are enjoying the content make sure you're subscribed on all the different platforms Uh, of course as always as a loyal listener to the podcast you can save yourself 10 percent by signing up at rotavis.com forward slash podcast it gives you all the access to all the tools on the site and all the great content that's up there as well as always my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland my co-host is sean siegel make sure you're following all the phenomenal work that sean is doing up on the site on a daily basis and until we're back with our show later in the week have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotovis Radio. Please rate and review the Rotovis Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at Rotovis at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotovis Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotovis with a 30% discount through the
0: Rotovis Radio homepage, Rotovis.com forward slash podcast. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns.